amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Spiritual Tools. Today is October 8, 2015, and my name is Melissa Boyd. I am your guest and host for, your host for Spiritual Tools, and I'm so excited about my guest tonight that I keep saying guest. <laughs> so um, I, if you're new to Spiritual Tools, I do want to talk a little bit about why I chose to call this show Spiritual Tools and what it's all about. So we all live on this planet as vibrational beings. And there's so many resources, there's so many people, there's so many um, opportunities for us as humans to get involved with our own spiritual evolution. So each week I really try to bring on guests that are going to help you both raise your vibration, change your consciousness, so that as you shift and change your consciousness, as, as each of us emerge into who we truly are, we really help with this whole planetary growth. And um, my guest tonight really um, speaks volumes to this. So I do have a couple of upcoming events happening. Um, if you are in New England, I will be um, teaching a class at my office in Kennebunk. It is a remote viewing class. So if you have never done remote viewing, it actually is something that is very easy to do once you learn it. And in the class, I teach uh, students how to travel in your mind, obtain information through objects using medical intuition. We will use um, going seven years into your future using the Edgar Cayce Reprieve method. You will receive a, a CD to help your energy to open more using solfeggio frequencies. And the class is going to be held November 10th and 17th from 6 to 8.30 p.m. And I will be also offering some free um, teleseminars coming up in January and February. So those are the upcoming events. If you want to learn more about my services and some other resources I have on my website, please visit me at melissaboyd.net. So tonight I have a very special guest, and um, I know we're going to have a, a lively conversation. So my guest is Garnett Schulhauser, who is a retired lawyer who lives in Victoria on Vancouver Island with his wife Kathy and little dog Abby. He grew up on a small farm in Saskatchewan and moved to Calgary, Canada after law school where he practiced corporate law for over 30 years with two blue chip law firms. After retiring from his law firm in 2008, he began his new career as an author and his first book, Dancing on a Stamp, was published in 2012. Since the release of his first book, Garnett has been active with book signing tours and speaking engagements and has a frequent guest 
on is a frequent guest on radio talk shows. When he's not writing or connecting with his followers, Garnet enjoys golfing, nature walks in the forest with Abby, and family gatherings with his sons, Blake and Colin, and their partners, Lauren and Burgess, and granddaughter, Kamira. In Dancing on a Stamp, Garnet recounts how his life changed dramatically one day in 2007 while still practicing law. When he was confronted on the street by a homeless man named Albert, who was actually a wise spirit in disguise, an emissary from the spirit world. This seemingly chance encounter launched a provocative dialogue with Albert, who disclosed startling truths about all of life's big questions, including our true nature as eternal souls, the cycle of reincarnation on earth, and how we create our reality through free will choices. Garnet's second book, Dancing Forever with Spirit, describes his most recent adventures with Albert, who appeared in his bedroom one night to guide him on a series of -of out-of-body adventures to explore the wonders of the universe, including the Akashic Records, distant planets, and fascinating life forms, and a human civilization that made the shift to the new Earth. Albert's goal was to encourage humans to stop their abuse of Mother Earth and all their inhabitants by casting aside their negative emotions and in favor of love and compassion. Oh, my gosh, I just got to stop reading. So welcome, Garda. I'm so excited you're on the show because this is so amazing. Well, thank you for having me, Melissa. I'm delighted to be here. So um, tell our listeners maybe a little bit about your background, a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I was born in, uh, as, as you mentioned in the bio, I was born in Saskatchewan, a small farm. Um, I was raised in a very strict Roman Catholic family, very religious Roman Catholic family. I served as an altar boy for many years. We followed all the rules of the church very faithfully. Um, and uh, that's sort of my background. Uh, and, and I, of course, learned all the catechism of the Catholic Church and so on. When I when I sort of left home in my 20s and my 30s, I started to question a lot of the the beliefs and the dogma of the Catholic Church that I had been taught as a child, and I began to reject a lot of them because it didn't make any sense to me. And so by the time I hit my 40s, I'd sort of rejected a lot of them, and I was then in no man's land, and I I was searching around for a new paradigm to latch onto, a new set of beliefs. Um, And I constantly asked myself the life's eternal questions, like, who am I? Why am I here? What's my life purpose? And what happens to me when I die? And I knew the answers that the Catholic Church had taught me, but I didn't quite agree with that, and I was looking for what I thought were the real truths, the, the real answers that made me feel that I was, uh, I was, I was happy uh, with what I found out and uh, something I could really latch on to. And so, then, um, so I, I practiced law, as you mentioned, for over 30 years, corporate law. I was very much of a button-down, straight-laced kind of a corporate lawyer. I never talked about religion or metaphysics or spirituality or anything. Um, and then one day, it was in 2007, and I was taking a stroll down the street um, in a sunny afternoon, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a homeless man just appeared in front of me, jumped in front of me. And he looked very much like a typical homeless person. He, he had long, stringy hair and a scraggly beard and dirty, slept-in clothes. And my usual tactic when I met these people on, on that street was to just do a quick sidestep and go around them. But this guy was different because he had these amazing, dazzling blue eyes that shone like two little blue stars. And they were doing two things. First of all, he, his gaze was penetrating deep within me, and I felt like he was looking down into the depths of my soul. And I felt that he knew everything about me, everything I've ever said and done in my life, 
which was amazing because we'd never met before. I've never seen this guy before in my life. Um, and, but I didn't feel uh, uh, I didn't feel uh, outraged or exposed uh, um, or uncomfortable because at the same time his gaze was giving me this wave of pure unconditional love that was infusing my whole body with an amazing sense of peace and security. It's a wonderful feeling. So I stood there like a deer caught in the headlights, Melissa. I'm not sure for how long. It was like I was in a time warp. Um, and then eventually this homeless man broke the spell by saying to me, why are you here? And then he quickly disappeared into a nearby store. And so when I finally collected my wits, I decided to go into the store to find him. I wanted to pursue him and find out who he was. Well, I couldn't find him in the store. He, had, he was nowhere to be seen. I went back out into the street and walked up and down trying to find him, but he had seemingly disappeared into thin air. So that night I went home, and I was very intrigued by this man, and I resolved to go back to that street the same time the next day and see if I could find him. And so I did. Same street, same time next afternoon. And uh, I walked up and down the street for a while, and when I was about to lose hope, I spotted him sitting on a bench by himself. So I went up to him and I said, Who are you and why did you stop me the other day? And he said, I'm a soul just like you. I'm here to answer your questions and help you on your journey. And so that was the beginning of a, of a dialogue that went on for, uh, for several months off and on. Uh, the, the, the first, I found out early on that he was really one of my spirit guides in disguise. His name was Albert. And he had, and he had appeared in physical form to, to, to sort of get my attention because the first three visits that, that I had with him, he appeared as the homeless man. After that, uh, he was just a voice in my head and we communicated by telepathy. And he told me I was the only one who could see him in, in, as, as the homeless man. So had other people been strolling by the street that day, they would have seen me sitting on the bench talking to myself <laughs> because they wouldn't be able to see him. So it was really quite strange. And when I asked him, why did you appear to me initially uh, in physical form as this homeless man, he said it was his way of easing me into the conversation because had he just started talking to me out of the blue as a voice in my head, I probably would have thought I was losing my mind. And I think he's right. I probably would have. So this way, uh, I could then when he, when he started talking to me, by telepathy, I could relate, I, I recognized his voice, I could relate to who he was because I'd seen him in physical form. So it was a really nice way of him easing me into the conversation. So uh, I think he did it just perfectly. And we had a, an amazing dialogue that, uh, that uh, he revealed a lot of things to me that uh, were quite different from what I was taught as a child. Uh, and he asked me uh, early on that, uh, to write a book about his revelations. He said, I'm not just here to satisfy your curiosity. I want you to write about what I tell you so other people can, can uh, read about my revelations. So that resulted in my first book, Dancing on a Stamp. Wow. You know, I'm just going um, to pause for a second to say that, that in itself is just miraculous, fantastic. And, um, you know, I, I think about our listeners and they're listening and they're, you know, some people are, they know their spirit guide. Some people are looking, you know, into what is a spirit guide. And, I mean, you know, it, it is rare that a spirit guide actually does transform in front of you as a person. That's that's pretty phenomenal. And then to ask you to really, um, you know, speak speak to the masses um, is, is really um, phenomenal. So, there was no hesitation. You said, I'm going to do this. Okay, I will just write this book. <laughs> well, no, initially, to be, to be truthful, initially I was a little reluctant. I'd never ever thought about writing a book before. 
Um, and of course, I, I worked a lot with words as a lawyer. I was not too bad at wordsmithing, but never thought about writing a book. And so initially I was a bit reluctant, but, but he was very gently persuasive and persistent. And after a while I finally caved in, and it, it was a, a bit of a process because, first of all, I – in, in like a year after I first met him, I retired from my practice uh, just because I thought it was uh, I was going in the wrong direction. I needed to sort of go in a direction that he was steering me, and so mm. then I began to write the book and it was uh, the manuscript and it was uh, it was a long sort of process. Um, took me about a year, and then when I finished it, then I had another decision point because I, I, I at one point I thought to myself, maybe I should just throw this in a drawer somewhere and and lock it up and, and never uh, never get it published. Um, and I was con- the reason was because I was concerned about what my family and friends and my former law colleagues would think uh, about me because it was this is totally out of character for how they knew me. It's like a 180-degree mm-hmm. turn. And I was concerned right. that I might lose some friends. Some people might think that I was losing my mind and becoming senile. All those things went through my head. Um, but eventually uh, I struggled with it for a while, and eventually I just said, you know, well, I have to do this. And I had to, as my uh, fellow author Sherry Cortland uh, put it, I decided I had to come out of the spiritual closet and uh, get yeah. my book published. And so I did. And, uh, you know, uh, my family was very good about it. Uh, uh, most of my friends were, were pretty okay with it. I did lose some people along the way. Uh, I, and I know because they just sort of shunned me, didn't talk to me. And so they didn't really say I was crazy, but I know that they were probably thinking that. But I made a lot of new other friends, you know, in the process. So it was a, overall it was a, a rewarding experience, and I have no regrets at all. That's fantastic, and I know before the show we were talking. You know, I used to be um, a lobbyist. I used to work, you know, in the in the state house in Washington D.C. and worked with a lot of, you know, senators and, um, you know, I, I know that world. And um, I, I really, I said to you earlier on the, on the line, which I'll say to the, our listeners too. You know, I think that, you know, the fact that you did have this this corporate career. Um, and you wrote this book, I really feel, um, you know, that obviously Albert chose you because he knew that you had this, um, you had this, I, I, and I feel this as I talk to you and, and as I've read things about you, you know, this, this charismatic energy and this truth that, um, you know, you may speak to someone in a different way because they may listen to you more because of your background, because you have this, you know, you, 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 um, you have been a lawyer and a respected profession that people see, and so people may be more open to reading a book written by you than, say, someone who is a shaman that's always lived in the jungles of some place. You know, so I think it's it's beautiful that um, that this this has um, opened up for you. So Albert has continued to speak to you. Yes, he has. Yeah, after our first sort of dialogue, uh, which was the which was described in my first book, um, he uh, and that was just a straight dialogue. Like I would ask a question and Albert would answer. Didn't answer all the questions, but he answered most of them. Um, and then um, after we sort of finished, he said, "I'm going to leave you for a while because uh, I want you to spend the time writing your manuscript for your first book." And so once that was off and and, uh, and, and published, and I was promoting it, and I had heard from Albert for a few months. And then all of a sudden, one night, uh, I woke up in my bed, and I saw this uh, ghost-like ethereal figure standing in the doorway of my bedroom. And when it moved closer towards my bed, then I recognized that it was my friend Albert in his homeless man disguise, but he was in astral form. So he was sort of like semi-transparent. Um, and, and so I was a bit surprised, and I said, hi, Albert, you know, what brings you here? He said, 
I'm going to take you on a series of astro adventures, astro trips. I'm going to take you to the spirit side and to other planets in the universe because I want to show you things that I want you to write about in your second book. And I believe that a picture is worth a thousand words. So rather than me tell you what I want you to write, I want you to see it for yourself and then you can describe it to the readers in your book. And so and I was a bit surprised. I said, you know, I'd never done this before. I said, you know, well, do I have to tell my wife where I'm going, Albert? Do I need a passport? You know, how do we do this? And he just grinned and said, no, you'll be back in your physical body before morning and your wife will never know you've ever been anywhere. And so then he just reached out, literally pulled my astral body out of my physical body. I turned around and looked and my physical body was still sound asleep in bed. And he just said, come on, follow me. And he just took me by the hand. We went, rose up through the ceiling, up through the clouds, and then stopped momentarily at a high spot above Earth, which was really quite an amazing scene, Melissa. It's just like a, our, our planet is like a jewel floating in the inky blackness of space. It's really quite beautiful. Um, wow. so, so then he said, okay, come on, I'm going to take you to the spirit side. So he, he led me towards this sort of uh, shimmering doorway, just sort of seemingly floating in space. And we walk, and it was all black behind it, uh, but there were no stars. It was just sort of black, like black velvet. So he took me through the doorway, and as soon as we stepped across the threshold, I found myself in this beautiful, lush meadow. It had like lush green grass and tall, majestic trees, and you know, uh, uh, many different wildflowers resplendent in, the, in like a thousand different colors, many colors that we, we don't have on Earth, and I could even begin to describe in terms of, of, mm. of, of what they looked like. It was just an amazing scene. So we walked along this meadow. We went up a small hill. At the top of the hill, I looked down, and I could see a group of souls, a group of people that seemed to be waiting for me at the bottom. And, and so we walked down towards them, and as I got closer, my heart skipped a beat because I recognized who they were. They were my mother, my father, my brother, my grandparents, and various aunts and uncles who'd already passed over from the earth plane. And then, much to my delight, running from behind this group, uh, and running towards me was my little dog, Oscar, who had passed away about 10 years before. And he was just wow. running as fast as he could, and his little tail was wagging his whole body, and he was there to greet me. So it was a wonderful, welcoming party. I had just one little misgiving about it. Um, I was concerned uh, about my mother, and, and I, I love her dearly, but I was concerned about what she would think about what I wrote in my first book, because I wasn't kind to the Catholic Church. Um, and uh, mm. she was a very staunch Catholic during her life on earth. And so she allayed my fears, though. She gave me a big hug and said, not to worry, everything's okay. She said, if I was still living on earth, I would be very unhappy with what you wrote about in your first book, but now that I'm on the spirit side, I can see the whole picture, and I agree with everything you wrote in your book. So that was a relief. It was like she had, she had, she had basically sanctioned what I had written in my book, and I and I and I realized now that there was I didn't have any I shouldn't have had any concern because once you're on the spirit side, of course you do see the big picture. You see the big picture that Albert described to me, and so it it all just hangs together. It just all made sense. So that was a, a you know a, a wonderful meeting. Albert didn't let me linger there very long. He then said, "Come on, I have to take you to meet with the Council of Wise Ones," and we marched off towards a a beautiful white city gleaming in the distance, a place he called Aglaia. It was one of the, one of the cities on the spirit side. And, uh, and we, we entered through the entrance portal, walked down the main boulevard, and there was an amazing scene because there was a, a, a whole swarm of souls, people dressed in di many different garments and, and uh, colors and uh, from many different eras and countries on earth. 
it was like I was in the middle of a costume ball, and I said to Albert, you know, mm-hmm. what is this? And he said, souls in the spirit side can appear to others in any form they choose, and they will often choose to appear in the garments from one of the lives on earth that they really enjoyed. So that's why it was such a diverse uh, array of, of clothing wow. and uh, colors. And so, and he said, but no matter what, what souls choose to appear to others like, everyone is easily recognizable because they have a, all have a unique energy signature so everyone could recognize everyone else. <laughs> right? and, and he said some souls just choose to appear, be as balls of, of light, balls of energy. And that's our true nature on the, on the spirit side. We are really, really beings of energy, and that's really how we are on the spirit side. On Earth, of course, we're, we're in these uh, human body incarnations, which, uh, which are dense mass, and so our, our true nature is not really, doesn't, isn't really displayed, but we do can, can display it on the spirit side. So that's really who we are. We're beings of energy. I love that, and I a hundred completely a million percent agree. <laughs> and so, what is the advice about um, how we can help? You know, Albert's asking you to bring this message, you know, of peace, of oneness, of energy to um, to people. And I know you've written these books and you're speaking with people, but as people are listening. Um, tonight or any or later, you know, anywhere around the world, what would you say to them about what um, what Albert would like everyone to do or to be open to do? Well, he he really wants to encourage everyone to uh, discard our negative emotions. You know, the negative emotions like fear and anger and hate and greed and so on. He says that 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 is the source of most of the problems we have on our planet. You know, the killings and the genocide and the terrorist acts and whatever. It's because of negative emotions that get out of control. And he said we really need to uh, learn to control them, discard our negative emotions, and embrace love and compassion and forgiveness. And he says if we can do that, then we can actually increase our vibrations. Uh, and, and if we can do this um, in, uh, you know, long enough, we can eventually ascend up to Earth in a higher vibrational dimension, which a lot of people refer to as the new Earth. Uh, and he said that's really the goal. And he said... And, and, and the Council of Wise Ones, he took me to the Council of Wise Ones in Aglaia, and that's a body of uh, wise souls that looks after all the incarnations on Earth. And so they are monitoring everything, and they help people, souls on the other side who are, who are planning to incarnate. They, they look over their life plans and give them some uh, uh, counseling and advice on, on what they should put into their life plans. And so this body, uh, the, the chair of this body, uh, her name was Sophia, said to me, that we really got to follow uh, Albert's advice about it in terms of discarding our negative emotions and raising our vibrations before it's too late because uh, we're at a crucial point in our development, human civilization is, and uh, we need to uh, sort of rein in the negative emotions before we destroy ourselves with our weapons of mass destruction. And we have the capability of destroying all life on our planet if we unleash these uh, at some point. And uh, they're very concerned that we don't do that because they've watched previous human civilizations on our planet like Atlantis and Lemuria and a few others, rise up to great levels and then crash and burn. And they really don't want us to do the same thing. And so they're really in a process of sending a lot of messages through many different channels, uh, you know, channels, people who write books, people who host radio shows like you, Melissa, um, you know, people who speak at public gatherings. Uh, they're sending messages through a number of different channels, messages of peace and hope and love and forgiveness. And they're trying to uh, turn, turn us around, turn our civilization around so that we... Uh, we, we can follow Albert's advice, 
and eventually the goal is to rise up to the new earth. And so that's the, the real message that we got, I got from the Council of Wise Ones and from Albert. Uh, they're really trying to do, uh, help us in any way they can. Um, they've been sending a lot of volunteers, advanced souls, uh, lately to incarnate over the last 20 or 30 years. And, and these people are living among us and are trying to uh, spread the word of love and forgiveness uh, by, by example, by living among us and by you know, spreading the word from spirit. So it, it's, it's really a concerted effort right now. Um, uh, and Albert says, as grim as some things may look on our planet, if you listen to the nightly news, it's so negative. He says there's actually a lot of good things that are happening on our planet, and he's very optimistic that we can uh, get over this hump and take the next step up the spiritual ladder. So, I, And I, I agree with him. I think that we can do it. I think we can do it, too. It's, it's really phenomenal what's happened, you know, over the past, you know, even 30 years. Um, you know, I started, I'm a psychic medium, and I started speaking to spirit at nine, and I kept hiding it and hiding it and hiding it and hiding it and hiding it. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people listening, too, that have gifts or, you know, want to um, change their career and do something, you know, to better humanity. And I would say, do it. Go for it. Don't be afraid, <laughs> you know. I think it's um, it's just it's such an important time. And, you know, I really thank you for your work because it's so inspirational and um, to be able to bring these images and this, this truth to people. And you talk about the Akashic Records. Um, so how interesting. I was talking about Edgar Casey earlier, and we're talking about the Akashic Records. Um, you know, and this, and this soul blueprint and the blueprint of our Earth and the blueprint of our planet. Um, did, did he talk anything about the Akashic Records um, with you? Oh, oh, yeah. He actually took me there. I actually got to visit the Akashic Records a couple times. It's, oh, it, wow. It, there's, there's viewing rooms, and he called it the, the – this big building was called the Hall of Records, and we, it's filled with sort of individual viewing rooms, and we went in there, and there's sort of like a, a large holographic globe that was sitting in the center of the room, and um, he, he would – Albert knew how to run this. I didn't, but he would, he would wave his hand over the globe and uh, – and then a picture would appear. It would be like a 3D movie. So it's really quite fascinating. And excuse me, I just got to take a sip here. Oh, that's and amazing. And so, yeah, and so he was uh, um, he, in my second book. I describe a couple different times, or actually three, I think. Um, and the first time I was there, he actually showed me a couple segments from my current life. Um, and he said, "This is a preview of the life review that I will have, and that all souls will have after they pass from the earth plane." And the life review is just a, as it says, it's a review of every aspect of the life you've just lived. And you can watch it like a 3D movie or you can actually jump back into your body and relive parts of it. And the, and, and the amazing thing about it is you, get, you also get to hear the thoughts and feel the emotions of the people you interact with. So it's really quite a great learning tool. And this is something that we all have or will, uh, will go through when we, when we leave the earth plane. He, he, he let, let me have, see a couple segments of my current life. Um, and uh, there, it was really quite amazing because there was, you know, I, obviously we all make mistakes, so I had made some mistakes, and he showed me a couple of, of scenes that I wish I hadn't done, but there was a, really, uh, a great learning experience for me. And then they actually showed me one where I had, had done some good, and, and the lesson from what he was showing me there was that it's too easy for us uh, as humans as we go through our day-to-day -day lives to say things or take actions that can hurt and offend other people even when we don't uh, intend to because we just need to think 
more carefully about how our words will affect the people that we're speaking to. So it was really a, a, quite a good lesson. And then later on, he took me back to the Akashic Records and they got me, uh, showed me some episodes from some of my previous lives on Earth. Uh, in, in every episode, there was a, you know, a lesson to be learned or a nugget of wisdom. I described that all in my second book, Dancing Forever with Spirit. Really quite fascinating, Melissa. I could have stayed there forever, basically, you know, mm-hmm. reviewing all my past lives. You can also review the, the past lives of anyone else in the universe because all the lives ever lived in the universe are in the Akashic Records. So it's really quite fascinating, but he didn't let me linger there very long. He pulled, soon pulled me away, and uh, we went back to Earth so I could write my book. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's really quite an amazing thing, and I am looking forward, when I return to the spirit side, to be able to spend more time in the Akashic Records. And so I would say, you know, I think that people listening are probably saying, like, going to the spirit side, I don't understand. And I'll just maybe do a little parallel here, and then we'll we'll go from there. So, for example, so I I every day I sit in my office and I I go to I go to spirit and I bring souls through who have crossed over and they show me what they did in this life. They talk about their names and they give us information and then they come back down. And um, I don't know if you've had the similar experience, but it's almost like your body is so timeless and you just feel like you're floating and when you come back it's as if you've been gone for maybe days or months instead of a, an hour would you experience that as well yeah when i did my astral travels that's exactly what it was like it was like you know you 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 feel totally weightless um and, mm. and it's like you have no mat, dense matter at all when you're astral traveling and then when i come back to my body in the morning i'd wake up um and i'm sort of back in my body but i remembered everything that i had seen and done and, and all the people I'd spoken to on my astral travels and it was very 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 vivid in my mind and uh, so some people have said to me well would you describe your astral travels how do you know you weren't dreaming and I'd say well because I've never had a dream that was so vivid and lasts so long in my memory as these astral trips so that's why I know that they were real and it sounds like when you're what you're talking about Melissa is you're having a basically an astral trip uh, and, and you're temporarily leaving your physical body yes and, you know, I, I really believe that, um, you know, when we look at the world and we look at the awakening of people really being, um, you know, engaged in yoga and meditation, there really is a very big shift going on, um, you know, planetarily in terms of people waking up and being more aware of, of their actions or, um, you know, having an internal peace or a dialogue within them. Um, do you feel that, um, does Albert feel that the human species will evolve beyond where we are now in this yeah, he's new very, earth? Yeah, he's very confident we'll, we'll make it. And the ascension to the new earth isn't going to happen sort of to everyone all at the same time. I mean, people will do it individually. They'll do it in small groups. There have been a number of them who have already made the ascension. He actually took me to visit the new earth, uh, which I described in my second book. And there I met with the descendants of a civilization that had originally lived on our old earth near Central America a long time ago. And they had managed to orchestrate a mass ascension, this whole village, to escape from a barbarian army that was encroaching on their village. And I met with these mm. people, and the new earth is a wonderful place. No negative emotions. Uh, there's no crime. There's no need to work. There's no money. Um, they, uh, they've, they live in harmony with their planet and, the other an- and all the other animals. Um, and uh, they, they live for a couple hundred years because they've learned how to slow down the aging process. Um, they've learned how to ward off disease and repair injured tissue. And so they're very free, uh, free to just pursue wisdom and knowledge and enjoy the splendor of their planet. It, it was really quite an amazing, a wonderful visit. 
and you know once you've if you've ever seen it then you know that that's where humans need to go but we have a lot of work cut out to get there but albert's quite confident that eventually we will make the transition so um this has been um something that i've I've talked with other folks about and um not exactly to this depth but so people always ask is the ascension mean that we have to die before we go there no, you don't, because the ascension is something different than uh, what happens to you when your physical body dies and you go back to the spirit side. So the new earth is not the spirit side. The new earth is uh, just our planet in a higher vibrational dimension, but it's not as, the vibration rate isn't anywhere near as high as the spirit side. So it's another physical dimension, it's just that the vibration rate is much higher. And, and, and the people there have learned to, uh, well, in order to get there, you have to get rid of all your negative emotions so everyone there has learned how to discard their negative emotions there aren't any and everyone lives in peace and harmony and so but it's still far part of the physical plane the spirit side is really at the top of the whole uh, uh spiritual ladder very high vibration that's where you go when your physical body dies on earth it's so interesting because so many um so many folks like yourself who have written um you know, we've talked about this. We have the New Earth, and I don't know if you know Drone Volio, Malchizedek. There's been a, um, a few people, um, not a lot, but a few, um, talking about this new um, this new shift that we're coming into. And so, um, you know, if you're listening, you know, out there, just think about, you know, I would say read Garnet's books, listen to his messages, um, and would you say your website for us, Garnet, so people could go and um, access, because I, you have, and I just want to say, I've been watching, um, leading up to this, this, um, this interview with you, I've done some research, and I've been watching a lot of um, the, your, your YouTube, and your, it's just so in-depth, and I appreciate that, because I really do see what you're doing as teaching people, and I've learned a lot, so thank you. <laughs> you're quite welcome. Yeah, my website is garnetschulhalser.com. That's hard to remember, so the other way of getting there is to Google Dancing on a Stamp, which is the name of my first book, and you will get to my website. So, And my website has information on my books. You can download a free excerpt. You can watch a book video. Um, you can dial into my uh, social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and there's also buy links there where you just have to click on it um, and you get to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and some of the other sites and you can uh, get, get right to where you can buy my books. So it's, it's a good source of information. And yes, I do post all of my radio interviews uh, um, on my website and so you can just click on them and listen to any of them. This is number 67 for me, Melissa. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. It's You know, I just... Um I want to go back a little bit um, in talking about how, um, I mean, Albert probably has some more books for you, right, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. New, and, and um, as, a, as a matter of fact, my third book, which is the sequel to the first book and describes more astral adventures with Albert, will be um, released in early 2016. It's called Dance of Heavenly Bliss. Oh, that's so beautiful. And so um, what, what if, if folks are listening tonight, what would you tell them? What, what can people do? What can people do in their everyday lives? What can they do to really live in a new way? What would you, in your experience, what would you um, say, folks, maybe two or three things that would be amazing for people to, to tap into for themselves? Well, first of all, is to try to, 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 to have a sort of a happier journey on the planet. 
is to try to use, use their best efforts to listen to the messages that everyone gets from their spirit guides. And our guides are always there, 24-7, sending us messages trying to steer us in the right direction in accordance with we, what we had planned in our pre-birth planning. Um, and the trouble is we, we don't often hear these because our minds are cluttered with so many other thoughts. So uh, try to quiet your minds, meditate, um, and then the, the messages from your guides will come through. It'll make your life so much more fulfilled and so much happier. And then uh, it, it, going back to Albert's uh, core message, it, it, what we really need to do is to be more loving and compassionate and forgiving. We have to forgive ourselves and love ourselves and then forgive other people around us and don't judge other people. And that's all part of the effort of sort of sh- shuttling aside our negative emotions and fully embracing love because if you fully embrace love, there's no room for negative emotions. And, or judgment. And so that's the, sort of the second thing. The third thing, which may seem a little odd, is Albert has said to me many times, he said, look, at, you're on an adventure, you're on a journey um, on this planet in a human body. Um, uh, you know, lighten up and enjoy the ride because no matter what you do, <laughs> you, you can't go wrong, you can't become lost, you will always end up back on the spirit side, which is really your home, where you came from, and you'll look back on it as just being an adventure on this planet Earth. And so don't take t- things so seriously. Enjoy your adventure and try to learn as much as you can from your time on Earth um, and knowing full well that you can't really mess up. Wow, that's that's great advice. It really is great advice. Um, anything else you'd like to tell our listeners tonight? Um, no, I think we pretty much covered it. Um, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed uh, the interview. Melissa, as I said before, I thought you were going to be a great host, and you've certainly proven that. Uh, oh, so I, I love being on your show. You're, you're a wonderful host. Thank you so much, and thank you for your work and, um, you know, for, your, your, um, for really um, stepping out and, and bringing these truths to people. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting okay. me, and, and thank you for, for helping to spread the word from spirit by hosting your radio show. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Good night. Okay, well, I want to thank Garnet for for joining us, and you know, it just it made me think of um, a little story that I may have told a, a while ago, but I'll say it again. So, you know, here I have been channeling spirit since I was young, and um, afraid to tell people. I would put people in the back room and say, "Did your aunt die last week?" and give them these messages, and um, then I would go. Um, you know, up to the state house, or I would go in Maine, or I would go down to D.C. And I worked around a lot of um, a lot of lawyers, a lot of politicians, and many of them I've actually given messages to um, unsolicited. I will say, I would walk up and I would just start talking with them, um, and I would say, you know, did you have this happen to you at this time in your life? And they would say yes, and I would um, I would say, well, do you want to know more about that? Um, it could have been um, one time it was about a car accident or um, something negative that happened with a family member. And um, we would kind of go into a side room somewhere and I would bring the message through um, from the loved one. And then I would watch them change and they would change the way in which they um, they held themselves, they spoke, um, the way in which they voted, the way in which they cared about the issues. And I found myself um, thinking, hmm, this, there's something to this. There's something to really helping people to um, to open up and uh, people in politics, especially. 
So I ended up um, doing a television show, which I had done from time to time, a little debate. It was it was not, you know, a, a national show. It was just a, a main-based show. And um, my name was um, going to be across the bottom when I was speaking, and I was debating uh, about some health care issues in our state. And so right before... The produ- we were about to go on the show, the producer came up and said, what was your title again? And I said, lobbyist and intuitive medium. And he said, what? And everyone said, what? And I said, you heard me. So he wrote that um, on the screen underneath my name. And um, we had about five minutes to air. Uh, I went on and everyone said, what the heck are you talking about? And I said, to all the senators and um, representatives that were listening, I had said to them, we're all vibrational beings, and you have a responsibility when you're voting. You have a responsibility to read every bill. You have a responsibility to show up with your highest self in order to make decisions to really, because you're voting on people's well-being. You're voting on the environment. You're voting on children's issues. And I thought, well, my career in this, is over (laughs) and I went to work the next day and all of these um, people who worked in the state house came up and said you know I'd really like to get a session with you I thought found that very interesting and um, that's really how I ended up um, leaving um, the political world was just trusting it and talking about it and then it ended up moving into that way so I'm very grateful for that opportunity um, to not be afraid and to step up and say this is what I do. And then it was not long after that, I want to say maybe um, four months, and I, I, I literally left that job completely because I was told um, by my spirit guides that I would, um, I would be working um, full-time as a medium um, channeling within um, – full-time within um, five months, and and that did happen. And um, so trust your higher guidance. And people are always saying to me, how the heck do you trust your higher guidance? What you really need to do, first of all, is let go of what people think of you because that's really important. You have to let go of people think of you. You have to believe in who you are. Um, Also meditate, as Garnet said in his show, really meditate deeply And, you know, meditation happens in many different um, ways. We're going to talk about that next week a little bit more. So meditating, just breathing deeply, opening up the palms of your hands, closing your eyes, just letting go of that chatter in your mind, letting go of that incessant, you know, stuff that goes around. Um. You don't necessarily have to close your eyes to meditate. You can start with a guided meditation. You can walk and breathe in the air. That's a great way to to do this. And also don't take ourselves so seriously. So if you've ever come to a workshop or you sat with me, you know that I always give you bubbles because bubbles uplift your heart and we need to be more childlike. Um, I just posted one of my my, uh, Facebook posts was about laughing, and I was really um, blown away when I read that um, 
children laugh about 300 times a day, and adults laugh about 15 to 100 times a day. So we don't laugh enough. So laughing, really letting that go, um, really opening up is really, really important. So that's, that's, a, that's a big piece. I do want to get to a couple questions I had on Facebook So um, from last week's um, call, last week's show. So, Nicole, you had asked about life, work, um, relationships, and I definitely felt like there was a lot shifting around you, although right now it might feel a little bit like a teeter-totter, so it's kind of like up and down, up and down, up and down. But I do feel like there is a tipping point coming. I feel very strongly about this tipping point for you. And as you uh, move into that tipping point, I feel like all these pieces open up for you. And I absolutely feel that you will be either in a different job or doing a different job, I want to say, within six months. So I do feel like there's a whole different career out there for you or you're going to actually get into a new career or a new energy around that. Um, I feel like there's going to be some new synergy around your relationships, so pay attention to that. And because I feel like there's a new redefining of who you are, because there's a new redefining of who you are, I feel that that's going to um, shift the relationship in some way. I do feel in a very positive way, but there also could be a physical move created with that, and that could be connected to a job. So I would say stay the course, um, you know, keep feeling positive, and, you know, know that sometimes, and this is important, Nicole, for you, but for everyone listening, sometimes a roadblock is our best message Sometimes the roadblock is when we learn the most because it stops us and it makes us really think about what do I really want, where am I really going, and it makes us to really just settle into our hearts and ourselves to say, I'm open, I'm open to receive, I'm open to move forward. So I do feel like, you know, at this time right now, things are going to be supported for for you, Nicole. Do a lot of yoga, um, connect with that. I feel like um, that's going to be a really good um, a good tool for you. So that feels that feels good for you, Nicole. Connie, your question was: Should I connect with my loved ones more? My answer is always yes. <laughs> um, your loved ones in spirit. I think that's what you were saying. Um, you know, just like Garnet was talking about, we have the ability to connect. We have the ability to connect to spirit, to really allow spirit to work with us. And so it's, it's so beautiful because when we shift into that mindset of I have all of these beings of light working with me. And if you're listening, you do. You have beings of light working with you. Whether you choose to believe it or not, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but know that beings of light are working with you. They're working with all of us. You know, you didn't come to this planet by accident. You didn't come to this show by accident. You didn't come to this moment by accident. So trust where you are and who you are. Feel that energy. And know that when you do connect to spirit, um, it, it can only it can only be beneficial. It can only be beneficial. 
And um, there's all different ways you can do that, by the way. And I know, Connie, you've asked me those questions maybe in the past. So I will say it's a couple different things. Um, uh, two of my uh, – um, I have a, a grandmother in spirit, and um, we used to play Bunko together all the time, which is a dice game. And so I um, – I have one of her die, 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 I guess it's called die, on my altar, and I often look at that and think of her. And um, she used to do the chicken dance all the time, and I can actually hear the song of the chicken dance in my head. And um, whenever I'm thinking of her, I I meet or see someone named Benita, which was her name. So, you know, these are the things that spirit is, is amazing to do. So, Connie, I do feel um, yes. Connect with your with your loved ones. Connect in with them, and um, and that will be open for you. Let's see. I think I have another question. So let me go to Facebook here. Here we go. Oh, there we go. Okay. Should I self-publish my book or keep trying to get an agent? Okay. Well, interestingly, I see it with a publisher, um, and this is Karen, by the way. <laughs> Karen. Um, all right, two things are coming up. One is I see it with a publisher that's a well-known publisher. So I don't know if you self-publish and they pick you up or if you go through them and then, you know, you go through them, and that happens there, or you self-publish. I know, hmm, I know there's at least one or two other books around you right now, either that you're working on, or you're you're talking about work you're working on or putting out there. Um, one of them, oh my gosh, I have chills, is about your journey. One of them is about your journey and about the name in which you're connected to. I won't say it because I want someone to take it, but you know what I'm talking about, Karen? <laughs> that name that you've talked about. I feel like that's the name of one of your books. So the name of a Facebook page you have. I feel like that's the name of one of your books, amazingly, amazingly. And I feel like it's um, it's a healing journey, and I feel like that's really huge. Um, that might be the one that's on there. So I um I hope that um I hope that that helps because I do feel like that that is um I feel like you are published for sure whether it's self published I don't know because it might be your first book so um just know that I feel like that's that's connected in some way okay all right so wherever you're listening around the world. Go ahead, and if you can, close your eyes and breathe in. Breathe in your energy, your bliss, your spirit, your knowingness. Breathe in the brilliant light that you are. Breathe in the full potential that you are. Know that as you connect to your heart, to your light within, you are shown in magnificence. You are magnificent. Let go of any should, would, or could and just simply smile at your soul. 
smile within your heart. Breathe deeply and feel yourself as a spirit being. Relax your shoulders, your jaw. Allow your tongue to rest on the floor of its mouth. And feel yourself just floating in this space and time, being held by Mother Earth, being held by the moment. And as you breathe in and out, let go of any negative emotions, anything that you've been holding on to, anything that doesn't serve you. And feel yourself filled with light. I've tried this before. I'm going to play a couple tones over the air. I hope it sounds okay. So this is um, 852, which is connecting um, to your higher self, your highest spirit. So go ahead and just breathe this sound into your body. There's a solfeggio tone. It's a wave of energy that helps to open up your vibration, opening you up to your hopes and dreams and insights. And so we ask all of the all of your guides and teachers, all of your loved ones in spirit, the angelic realm, the new earth, all of these um, beings of light to show you the way. And we ask that you are open to see. We ask that you're open to see the truth, to hear the truth, to speak the truth and to live the truth. May you sink into your highest truth, your highest knowing, and your highest self. Thank you for joining me tonight on Spiritual Tools. I send all of you love, light, and deep blue truth and blessings. Namaste. Be well. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.